game is over, the New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it! That's a Jet touchdown! Can't wait! You're listening to the official New York Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. What's up, everybody? Thanks for downloading the official Jets podcast. Ethan Greenberg, Eric Allen. We have a very special show today. Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, will be joining us. The Senior Bowl, of course, is later this week. If you don't know anything about Jim, well, real quick, he took over as executive director of the Senior Bowl in June 2018. He spent 18 years in the NFL. He was an area scout. He was a national scout for four years with the Chiefs. He was a part of six Super Bowl teams, four of which hoisted the Lombardi Trophy, the Packers, the Patriots two times, and lastly for the Seattle Seahawks. This guy, no scouting. We'll talk to him. And you don't get the, the you don't Bowl. get a position like that unless you are a well-respected person uh, within the National Football League. You think about what Phil Savage did there for so many years, and I think this is a great move. Uh, for Jim and his family. He lives down there in Mobile, knows that area, and he also brings that background of being a longtime scout greens to the process. So he is going to think of it in terms of how can I showcase the prospects and get them acclimated to NFL conditions that they will have to prepare for if they're going to be playing on Sundays in the National Football League. And he's going to take them through the entire week, and I believe you're going to go down there with our guy Frank the Tank. You'll be covering this for the Jets. Uh, I believe you guys are going down there on Monday or Tuesday, and then practices Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday are the big practice days, and then yep. they scale back towards later in the week, and ultimately you got your game on Saturday. But I'm sure Jim is going to do a tremendous job. Jim views this position as a stewardship to the city of Mobile. That's what he said, and I think that What's really stuck out to me is really how quickly he hit the ground running, and we'll talk to him about this shortly. But Jim said that he and his staff of scouts that help pick the guys to uh, send invites to the Reese's Senior Bowl, they talk to NFL teams to see what players they want to see down in Mobile because that's, that's their customer pretty much. And the players are going to go through a week of what it's like to be like in the NFL up to the point, up to the detail where their off day, Friday in this case, the day before the game, they're going to go and to schools up. and hospital visits just like a Tuesday in the NFL when players have their off days in the regular season and they do different community activities. Do, it's it's community like a Tuesday activities. in the National Football League. Exactly. So, yep. So, yeah, you're right, Green. It's down to the button. So, I think it's great for all players and not to mention when you look at smaller school prospects. I mean, last year, Nathan Shepard was a D2 prospect down there. Marcus Davenport was a first-round pick, and at the time, he was not regarded as one. Will Hernandez, second-round pick for the Giants, had a great week down there in Mobile. So uh, the Senior Bowl, while it may not be as... It doesn't have the amount of prospects as the combine has, it's still a very valuable time for both the players and the scouts, and the team. It's more intimate. I like it uh, from that perspective. It feels smaller, even though a lot of NFL personnel are there. It feels a little bit more relaxed than Indianapolis. The Combine is such a monstrous event as the NFL takes over that city, Indianapolis. It's got a different feel down there in Mobile as the NFL's offseason really begins in earnest because you kind of 
if you take people through the calendar, is that Senior Bowl week is at the same time where some of the NFL's best will be down in Orlando, Florida for the Pro Bowl. And then that weekend, actually, there's Jets House in New York City. And then after that, you start looking forward to Indianapolis and the Combine and the start of free agency. So this is all going to happen really quick. And for you avid listeners, here is a green favorite that you're going to have to remember in the months ahead. That is Andy Isabella from UMass. That is an Ethan Greenberg guy. Oh, that's an Ethan Greenberg oh, guy? Oh, yeah. yeah. Greens loves him. Uh, I, I can tell. He's a little bit smaller guy, quick, <laughs> and fast as heck, as Jim will tell us about. So the UMass uh, Minuteman. Uh, a minute man, but uh, he's probably a guy who can run the mile in 45 seconds. All right. <laughs> we talked about him, but no better person to talk to about the Reese's Senior Bowl than the executive producer of the game. Here's Jim Nagy. All right, Jim, let's go back to when you took over as the executive director of the Senior Bowl. We know you have a decorated resume as a scout in the NFL, but what appealed to you about this role? Well, yeah, guys, it, uh, we've, we've, I've lived in Mobile for 11 years, so this, is, this has been home for us. It's my wife's hometown. We, we, were, we were bouncing around the country um, with scouting for, for a long time, and uh, when we started having kids, it, it got to be a lot, so we really wanted to get closer to family. So we've been in Mobile and then, uh, so this game has, has meant a lot, you know, really means a lot to the city of Mobile and, and Mobile and Baldwin counties down here, you know, 70th annual game this year. So really when the, out, when the, when the job came up after the draft last year, it was an opportunity for me to, uh, just a quality of life move. You know, the, the NFL scouting thing is, is really a grind. You're on the road more than half the year. Um, and it's a challenging profession when you're single with no kids and it takes on a lot of different, uh, impacts you a lot when you when you've got a family and my son uh, is going to be high school age now and he's playing high school sports and i just started to miss all the good stuff so when this when this came open i really uh, felt compelled to jump at it and you know when i called the seahawks you know john schneider our gm was great about it we've, we're really good friends and he's he's great with my family and i said john you know if i'm not their guy i can live with that but you know, I don't want to be 65, 70 years old and look back on 2018 where I had a chance to maybe change, uh, you know, change the circumstance for my family and, and, and not do it. So I uh, just went for it, and thankfully things worked out. Well, the Reese's Senior Bowl, as you know, Jim, the preeminent college all-star game for the past 68 years, and I know your staff is striving to improve the event for the National Football League. So what were your first steps once you took over this new position, yeah, we, we you know we, first thing locally we we created a thing called the Senior Bowl Ambassador Club. So we've got a really rich history down here, um, football history down here, and I wanted to uh, create a create a group for for all the former players, for all the former NFL guys that are that are from Mobile and Baldwin counties down here, and, and a lot of them that that played in our game. I mean, just and just create a group, um, you know, where guys could give back to the community, create a brotherhood for them. So that was really the first thing I did. We've got 58 guys signed up right now. Like right now, Mobile's got 16 players. Mobile and Baldwin County have 16 active players in the NFL between our two little counties, and uh, that's third most of any community in the United States. So Miami's got 24, Houston's got 20, and we've got 16. So 
um, you know, per capita. It's pretty amazing. So I, I wanted to do that, which we did. And then really on the football side of things, um, you know, I hired, a, I hired a scouting staff made up of all former NFL scouts, guys that I've worked with that got let go in last year's, you know, kind of hiring, firing cycle. And, uh, you know, again, you work in football, you're going to lose your job at some point and you get caught in the crosshairs, you know, in, in a regime change or whatnot. You, you know, a new GM comes in, you're not, you're not a quote unquote his guy. Um, so, so guys do get let go. So yeah, I hired four guys to, helped me cover the country geographically it worked out perfectly this year um so we scouted it up i had the southeast and we 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 cut it up into, into fifths and and covered the country had a couple scouting assistants here in in house and then uh you know just hit it really hard tried to make this thing like the 33rd personnel department and uh really just tried to revamp um the way we we did our scouting and, and handled the football aspect of the business how do you feel like your what you just mentioned is going to help the game itself and help the players that accept invites to the game. Well, it's it's really going to help our rosters, right? So we, you know, we, um, you know, having an experienced group of guys that that know what they're looking at, and you know, the hard part for us is we don't have a budget like an NFL team. You know, we don't have a we don't have a billion dollar owner. Um, so mm-hmm. what we can't do, we you know, we, our scouts, we don't have the budget for guys to be on the road all the time. And, you know, taking flights and staying in hotels. So really needed a, a really connected uh, network of guys that have been in the league forever. So the four guys have 69 years of experience. So whether that's connected at a school and having, a, you know, networks with all the schools they've been to, into in the past or a network of other scouts uh, to reach out to and find out about small school players that, you know, maybe slipped through our cracks, it was really important to uh, to bring that group together. And, again, um, you know, I might have to restaff that on a yearly basis just because guys will, you know, obviously want to jump back into the league when they can. So uh, it might be an ever-changing process for us. But really, it really worked out great. You know, one of the last phases of our was of our of our process was once we had our board created and built, uh, and we felt good about it. You know, and all the games and, and tape we've seen, we uh, the week of Thanksgiving. Got, got together with 17 NFL teams and got on the phone with either college directors or general managers, or sometimes both of them were on the call. And, uh, you know, guys that had access to their entire board and all their grades. And we just kind of, we went through the board. And, okay, at that point I'd invited 60 players, uh, went through that group and, and made sure those guys were okay with the first 60. And then we had, you know, we had about another 30 earmarked of, of guys we really wanted to invite based off the way we saw things, um, and then we worked the cut line at every position. You know, so there's, for for example, if there was three spots on the defensive line and we had about nine names, okay, you know, going through the teams, which of of these nine, like who would you want to see in those three spots? And we just took detailed notes, and you know, these rosters are for them. We're we're, we're building these these rosters for the 32 teams, so I really really wanted to use their input, um, and and uh, so that was kind of the last last step of the process but it's been great you know i mean it's it's been exciting that was really the most rewarding part personally for me is just to see all that hard work our football staff did um in building that board and how much we were aligned with the with the 32 teams there really wasn't a lot of variance we saw things very much the same um so it really was a reason it was really a, a an easy roster build this year jim you spent 18 years in the national football league area scout all over the place like you mentioned the west the midwest the Southeast, you were a national scout for the Kansas City Chiefs. How much did you enjoy coming to Mobile as a scout 
and being able to watch all these different players from different conferences, from big schools, from smaller schools, out there on the field getting coached up by NFL staffs for the first time, and hopefully uh, uh, later on they'll be able to benefit from those experiences as professionals if they ultimately become NFL players, but also that opportunity to sit down with the guys at night and interview them. Yeah, guys, it was a critical week. Um, it really is a critical part of the process. You know, working in the league, you always saw this week as the kind of the unofficial kickoff to the draft um, draft process for the year. This was kind of the first phase, All Star games, and then you know combine, and then pro days, and then and then draft day. So no, it was a, it was a big week. It's great to see. You know, it's great for the smaller school guys to kind of see them up on a on a big stage against the big boys. That's always big, you know, just to see the competitive nature of some of these players, see it comes out in the practice field, being able to get down right there at field level, um, see some of the drills, really some of the one-on-one stuff is, is really um, valued heavily in the NFL, the O-line, D-line, and the corner wide out. One-on-one periods, linebacker, running backs is, are, are huge. And again, like you talked about, the interview process is, is uh plays a big part of it too so you finally you get to go into the schools in the fall and you, you get a lot of the feedback from everyone in the building you know coaches and support staff and you really try to figure these players out but the all-star game is really the, the first time you you can get your hands on them yourself as as an nfl club so that starts the process of trying to you know create those relationships getting to see what makes these guys tick where they came from um get all those questions answered so it's a, it's an absolutely huge week and again coming to mobile was great because uh, it is a smaller town. It's got a it's got a smaller town vibe to it. It's not like the combine where where it's Indianapolis and it's crazy and you know hectic big city. This is a little more slower paced, a little more relaxed. The interview process was easier for the players, um, just because it's not uh, you know in Indy it can be a little more pressure packed. Whereas here it's it's more relaxed. So it's just a great feel. You know, all the scouts love coming down here and the coaches love coming down here because they're. They're all creatures of habit. They, you know, they go to the same restaurants and the same bars, and um, it's a walkable downtown. So once they get down here to their hotels, they can, uh, you know, they can just enjoy themselves. So it, it really was a week that everyone looked forward to. Before Ethan asks his next question, I just wanted to ask, what are you? You are living down there in Mobile. Top three restaurants that you have to go to for any NFL personnel who are going down there when they get a chance maybe away from practice or away from a meeting or away from an interview, where do you got to eat? Well, I will. I don't want to offend anyone down here because <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm friends with a lot of these restaurateurs now, but I will say if, you know, the Mobile Bay separates um, Mobile and Baldwin County. So we're right on the water down here and on the causeway crossing over the Bay, there's, there's a lot of great seafood spots. Um, so whether it's, uh, gosh, there's the original oyster house and there's, uh, the Bluegill, and there's Ed's, and there's Felix's. I mean, all those places have great seafood, you know, fresh out of the Gulf. And uh, that's what I know that's what most guys in the league look forward to is come down here and get some shrimp and some gumbo. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we got that Creole flavor down here. Um, and I know guys love, love to come down there and get that stuff. All right, Jim, before we dive into the players, I just want to ask one more thing. As a longtime scout, what are the benefits of going down there whether you're scout for a team, whatever role, area scout, national scout, whatever, what are the benefits of being able to have this early access to the players? And then from the player's perspective, how helpful is 
the Senior Bowl week because from everything I've read, you're really trying to emulate an NFL week even up to their off day, which is on Friday during Senior Bowl week and making hospital visits and local school visits. So how helpful is it for both the player and the scout? Yeah, like we talked about, it's it's huge for the scouts because you really it's it's your first opportunity to to try to figure out the the players, right? So um, the longer you scout, I mean, really watching the tape and and figuring out the player to me was the easier part. The harder part is is figuring out the person mm. and you know where they came from and you know how much do they really love football and everything that goes into it and the grind of it and um, you know how how are they wired? How will money affect them? You know, is that going to change how they approach things? And just to, you know, on a, uh, in that week, I mean, you see these guys at the hotel and how they, you know, interact with their coaches. And just to, you know, over that week, you really get a glimpse into how these guys handle their business. Do they show up for your meet, scheduled meeting on time? You know, how do they dress? How do they, you know, when they're walking around the hotel, how do they carry themselves? Um, so all that stuff plays a big part. It's really you know, you you go to the combine, you might get them for you know 15 minutes, you know, and then again, it's such a they're they're so busy there with medicals and psychological tests. Um, you know, you, you you just get your hands more on them here, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, so that that that's a critical part. And again, all the on the field stuff, seeing how they're taking coaching during practice. You know, you could you're right there at field level. You hear the coaching points the coaches are trying to make. And then you can see how they take the coaching, how they apply the coaching, so you can really get it clued in on a guy's learning ability, um, his ability to translate coaching. So, I mean, all those little things make a big difference. Um, you know, it's the first time you really get to see their body type at weigh-ins. So, you know, you go out to practice when you go into the school and you see what they look like in their pads. But, you know, going to the weigh-ins, you really get a better feel for body composition and um, again, a lot of guys' work ethic shows up in their body, right? Yep. We're all we all have different genetics, but certain guys look. You know, you can tell who's worked and who hasn't um, at those weigh-ins to 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 a great degree. And then for the players, um, it's hugely it's critical for them. I mean, one, they've earned it. It's a great opportunity for them. Um, I think that if you asked all these guys when they were coming out of high school, is you know three, four, five star guys that hey, in four years we we promise you that. You know, you've got a senior bowl invite waiting. I, I, I think every single one of those kids would take it. Um, so that's why, to me, now sitting in this chair, it's interesting where, where guys would, would back out at this point and not, you know, not, not embrace the, the opportunity they have because, you know, to be coached by two staffs, I mean, just to impress those two teams alone, I know that if you go back and look at teams that have coached in this game and the correlation of the, the amount of picks they've used on the players that actually coached here in Mobile, it's, it's pretty amazing because they do. They get that. They get a real view of the player, what he's like in the meeting room, how he learns. You know, they feel like they've got a real, really good in, you know, inside look at these players. So, yeah, for them, it's it's a, it's a huge week. At first, it shows they're competitive. It shows like they're, they're the innate competitiveness of a guy, which is important because you know, especially coming up on that second contract again, like we talked about the money part of it. If you're a, even a you know second, third round pick, you're not making money that's going to set you up for your whole life i mean that's coming on the second contract so you know i, I mean guys want to know who who are the real competitors because it's not going to matter once they make that big second contract if they really love it and they're really competitive so i think showing up down here shows the nfl teams that how innately competitive these guys are and then just from a you know if, if you just look at from the process like i talked about the interviews 
coming down here and, and getting a lot of these interviews out of the way is huge for them. It, it, it clears their plate for the combine. And also we started doing psychological testing down here a few years ago, which knocks a bunch of that off their plate So, so when they go to Indy. So really it makes the combine a much easier process as well. Not only do they get the benefit of being down here and being around the teams and showing what they can do on the field, um, it also clears up and makes that combine week easier where they can just really focus on their on-field drills that week. All right, Jim, uh, let's turn to personnel here. Uh, I think the Jets are pretty well set at the quarterback position. <laughs> they took Sam Darnold uh, with the number three overall selection in the 2018 draft, and he had a fine rookie season. And uh, the Jets have high hopes for him and what he'll be able to do with the new head coach here in Adam Gase. But let me ask you about the quarterback class there who is heading to Mobile, including Daniel Jones. I see a few interesting names there when you look at Ryan Finley from NC State, Will Greer from West Virginia, West Virginia of course, uh, Trace McSorley, Penn State, Drew Locke, Missouri, Will Greer, West Virginia. Uh, is this the best depth that has been there at the quarterback position in a while? Yeah, enough. Yeah, guys, I've been come. This is my twenty third game. So, and I'm I'm really not trying to say this because of the the chair I'm sitting in now. I, but I don't, I can't remember. I went back over like the last fifteen rosters. Now, like last year is going to be pretty hard to beat in terms of having elite players. I mean, you had Baker go one, uh, Baker Mayfield go one, and Josh Allen go seven. So, obviously, last year's group was great with two top ten picks. But yeah. from top to bottom, um, from one to eight, I mean, it's really incredible, incredible depth. I mean, just going over. This group with the NFL teams, I mean, they're really excited about this group. You name most of them, and then you throw in Gardner Minshew and, um, you know, Clayton Thorson from Northwestern is another guy that I know speaking with the Northwestern people last year, he was thinking about coming out early. Um, so they were putting out feelers to NFL teams about where they thought he might get drafted. Well, he ends up blowing his ACL in the bowl game last year and coming back. But, you know, they'd done their preliminary work in the, in the building in Northwestern and uh, the 10 teams they reached out to. They had second and third round grades on Clayton. So, I mean, he's kind of a name that people are just glossing over with this roster. But um, to have 10, 10 second or third round grades a year ago um, just tells you what the league thinks about him. So, yeah, really fired up about that quarterback group. I think there's, you know, three or four of those guys that could get in the first round. I wow. mean, you said Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley's another guy that, um, you know, people aren't talking a lot about. Ryan Finley was the highest graded guy by the Combine Scouts last spring heading into this year. <laughs> So, um, yeah, from top to bottom, it's a great group. Yeah, and even we didn't even talk about Stidham either from Auburn, who has uh, a lot of upside, I think. So uh, that's going to be a group to watch uh, uh, for a lot of scouts in attendance there down in Mobile. Jim, I want to ask about this pass rush group because I know a lot of Jets fans are eager to find someone to get after the quarterback. And you look at Montez Sweat, I think that's someone that a lot of fans know somewhat about. So what do you, what can you tell fans about Sweat? And then who are some of the other guys that you would say, hey, you know, don't sleep on this guy. This guy's going to be shooting up maybe in April. Yeah, you know, Sweat's a really intriguing player. He's uh, He looks like a basketball player when you see him. He's really long. He's got an 85-inch wingspan, so he's got that length everyone wants to see. But he's also got really heavy hands with that length, and that that's not always the case. So when he brings his hands, he can really separate from blocks and get off people. Um, he's he's gonna he's gonna run fast. He doesn't always look fast because he's so tall. Um, you know, the foot turnover is not like the foot turnover of a you know a smaller guy. So he, but he can really cover ground with his strides. 
Uh, he's got over 20, you know, he's got over 20 sacks the last two years in the SEC. So, you know, really he's gone against top competition and been, been a really, really productive player. So Montez is definitely, you know, in that first round mix, uh, as an edge guy. And I would say, I mean, it's a really good group from top to bottom. We could sit here and, you know, go seven or eight deep by that edge group. But the next guy for me, um, that I'd like to bring up is a guy maybe your listeners haven't heard a lot about. It's a kid named Jalen Ferguson from Louisiana Tech. You know, he ended his career as the all-time. I think he tie, ended up tying Terrell Suggs, I believe, um, to be the all-time uh, career college sack leader. I think he hit in his bowl game like 44 or something for his career. Um, pretty amazing. So, again, he's another guy that, um, you know, Marcus Davenport came down here last year. That's what year I was just really thinking good... when you just said that. <laughs> yeah, you know, Davenport came down here as probably an early second-round projection, and uh you know, you fast forward to draft day, and uh, he had a really nice week down here in practice, and also in the game, he had a strip sack in the game, and the you know the Saints ended up trading up for Marcus, like the he was the 13th or 14th pick, so um, really helped himself, and I think that that Jalen's in that mold, and Jalen's actually a little looser as an athlete; he's got a little more shake to him, hmm. um, but again, another long-bodied guy um, that's explosive off the edge and, and hard to block, so. Um, yeah, really talented group. If you know, I, I I was so consumed with this college stuff this year, I didn't get all. I, I didn't have a lot of time to really you know focus on what's going on in the NFL. I don't know what the Jets team needs are, but if they need pass rushers, they'll be able to they'll be able to find some down here. Well, we're taping this here as uh, Adam Gase coming on board here uh, for the New York Jets. So we'll have to see what defensive system they're running in 2019. But hey, let me flip to the offensive side of the ball again. Uh, because the Jets are definitely going to add some pieces around Sam Darnold. We'll have to see uh, where and who, starting with free agency. But this wide receiver group is also intriguing to me. You're talking about a guy like Jalen Hurd, who played at Beller, who used to be a running back, of course, at Tennessee. Anthony Johnson, a, a, a big target out of the University of Buffalo. That's not a school that we hear too much out of. Um, but their football team is really making waves lately. Debo Samuel from South Carolina. That guy's a playmaker. I think he's like in a Quincy Inunua mold. He's a guy who made a lot of plays and unfortunately had the injury early on before last season, but then he came back and finished the year. And then David Sills, a productive player out of West Virginia And how about well. Andy Isabella out of UMass? You talk about you don't hear a lot about Buffalo. feel like you don't hear anything out of UMass. <laughs> yeah, those guys, yeah, I mean, you hit a lot on a lot of those big names. Um, Isabella, yeah, just, I mean, let's speak to Isabella really quick. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, he's, a, he's an undersea, you know, he's a shorter white guy. So yeah, everyone's gonna everyone's gonna say, oh, just pigeonhole him as a little Patriot slot player. But he's uh, he's not that. He's not. You know, people are gonna think quicker than fast. He's actually way faster than quick, and he is quick. But this kid can really fly. So um, just for background purposes, Andy was a high school player in Ohio, uh, ran track. He won the hundred meters in the state of Ohio. Ran a ten five one hundred meter, which is flying um, for a high school kid. And in that same race was Denzel Ward from the you know, was the fourth pick last year to the yep. Cleveland Browns, and he placed third in that same race with a 10-6-2. So, um, you know, Denzel ran 4-3-4 at the combine last year. If you're just taking those numbers, I mean, Andy Isabella might be a high 4-2 guy. Jeez. Um, so he can fly and uh, really productive. He was a really easy guy to invite to this game. I, 
I threw on like two games and I knew I wanted him here. He, uh, you know, and then after we invited him, he goes down to Georgia late in the year and puts 200 yards up on Georgia. So, um, really, really productive player. He can fly. He's good with the ball in his hands. He was a high school running back. Um, I think he's going to be a playmaker at the next level. Really, really, really exciting. We talked about Debo Samuel at South Carolina. Uh, yeah, he, he had the injury early last year. He got off to a really hot start as a junior. Yeah. Um, probably would have come out as a junior, but then uh, had a bad leg injury. Uh, was a little slow coming off that this year, but really late in the year, if you look at the Clemson game, I've had a couple NFL teams reach out to me and it's like, man, have you seen Debo's Clemson game? And, and he was he was off the charts. Um so he looks all the way back, which is which is great. And then uh, you went down the list. And got another guy that pops out of that group for me is Jacoby Myers, who's a junior from uh, North Carolina State. So he's a guy we kind of had earmarked all fall, knowing that uh, possibly would come out. And you know he can come to our game because he's graduated already. You know we are the Senior Bowl, but they they made, they had a rule change a couple years ago where juniors could come in the game if they had their diplomas. So. Um, and that's why kids go to college, right? They go there to get their degree. So why, you know, why penalize guys if they're if they're juniors if they've already taken care of their schoolwork? And you know, Jacoby went to NC State as a quarterback. Uh, they converted him to wideout, and he's really a natural at the position. That's what sticks out when you watch him. He's he's got a lot of savvy as a route runner. He's long. He's got unbelievable ball skills when people are around him. You know, and that's the thing for college receivers. You, these spread offenses, a lot of these guys are, are playing pitch and catch, and there's a lot of space where they catch the football. Um, Jacoby, and then they get to the pros, and they really struggle when those windows are tighter. Jacoby's a guy that can really make plays with people around him, and uh, so we're excited to get Jacoby, too. It's, it's from top to bottom a really, really nice group. Jim, just one final question for you. Thank you so much again for joining us here. I want to talk about the offensive line, and who are some guys that pop to you, and what kind of experience do you think this could be for someone like Max Sharping who went to Northern Illinois or smaller school? Do you think that that is the kind of person, the kind of player that could really excel and shoot up the draft boards because of Senior Bowl week? Yeah, guys, this is this group, you know, going over the board like we did, like I talked about with the with the 17 teams when I when I did that uh, back in November, this was the position group that they were, they seemed the most excited about. Um, you know, the last couple of years, just, you know, working in Seattle and <laughs> seeing what our draft board looked like at the offensive line position will come draft day. It was, it was really, it was really lean. So, uh, this group we're really excited about. We've got both Wisconsin guards are coming down, Michael Dieter and, and our guy, Bo Benshaw. I, I, I probably just butchered that. We'll just, uh, call, we'll just call him Bo. Yeah. Bo the Badger. He, he, go, <laughs> he goes by, he goes by Bo Bench on, on his Twitter. So okay. Able, Fair. That, that, that's easier. Yep. And, uh, you know, you got Michael Dieter, who's, who's, you know, to me, he might be a first round pick. Um, and then we've got the Oklahoma guards, uh, Powers and Samia are both good players. Caleb McGarry at Washington. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's really, really a strong group. A lot of these guys can play multiple positions. Um, you know, they're smart, they're tough. They've all played a ton of football at a high level. Um, a guy that really sticks out to me might be might end up being the best left tackle in this whole draft is Andre Dillard from Washington State. Mm. You're not hearing a lot about him. You're hearing Jonah Williams' name from Alabama quite a bit. Um, but Andre Dillard, I've, I've, I've spoken to people in the league. You put on the tape to watch Gardner Minshew, uh, the quarterback, and then you see this guy dancing out there at left tackle, and you're like, holy cow. 
Um, he's got great feet and great feel and pass protection and just can stay in front of people. And that's, and those guys are, those guys are hard to find. So Andre Dillard is a guy that I think will build a lot of momentum out of this week. And you talked about Mac Sharping, definitely, um, you know, Mac level player. And then we, those guys always have something to benefit. And even we've got a guy, Titus Howard from up the road at Alabama State, which is in, uh, Montgomery, Alabama, a couple hours from us. And uh, Titus is another guy that's got left tackle tools. I mean, a lot of these college guys that come out, they're really, you, you, they're really right tackles only at the next level because they, they can't handle that speed off the edge. And uh, Titus is a guy that's got the feet and got the athleticism. And now it's going to be how does he answer the bell on the big stage against the big boys? He did it in the one game they played this year against Auburn. He played really, really well. And that's when my phone uh, started ringing off the hook with, with buddies in the league. They're like, wow, have you seen this kid from up the road? And thank God I had at that point. I didn't, I didn't sound dumb, but, but Titus really made a name for himself against Auburn. And, uh, we'll see how he does down here during the week. We're excited for him. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a big week for all these guys, but that's, there's going to be some, uh, really good matchups in those one-on-one pass rush drills. Well, you are ready. You got me ready for football. I know Jets fans are going to be eager to take it all in, Jim. And uh, congratulations to you and your family as you start out your second career, we shall say. Yeah, I, pre- I appreciate it, guys. And, uh, you know, look forward to having everyone down here and Jets fans. Yeah, keep an eye on us. We've got the practices on ESPN every day and the NFL Network every day and then the games on the NFL Network. So, um, you know, people up there that can't make the trip down to Mobile, they can uh, watch every minute of it. Great. Thanks, Jim. We'll see you in Mobile. All right, guys. Thank you. Many thanks to Jim. You can follow him on Twitter at JimNaggy underscore SB. For Senior Bowl, not Super Bowl, I assume. Yeah. So, uh, uh, great stuff from Jim. You can really tell that he puts a lot of thought behind this. And I will say, I, I don't know if he's listening right now as we record this, but you mentioned Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank yesterday told me to watch Jalen Ferguson highlights because he watched them the other day, and he said he liked them, and sure enough, Jim Nagy likes them too. Just the way Jim talked about him and knowing how pass rushers are valued in the National Football League. Am I kind of getting the feeling that this guy's going to be a first-round pick oh, in April? Oh, okay. I could, yeah, I mean, for sure. I don't know what he's projected now. Davenport, remember we were talking, you were down there last year, and everybody said he's raw, but he's got yeah. a great athlete and all this stuff. Who would have predicted that the New Orleans Saints would have traded their own one in 2017? Yeah. I mean, 18, and they're one this year in yep. order to get Davenport, and they're hoping he can cause some damages. Uh, he, he's made some splash plays down there in the but, Big Easy but, this season. Yeah, I like those ends, the Saints ends. You got Cameron Jordan, and on opposite of him is the young Davenport. So they're happy with him. So, yeah, listen, over the next uh, few weeks and then months, we're gonna uh, you're going to start hearing more about different names. Sure, for... Uh, the last whatever twelve uh, last six months we've heard about Tua and Trevor Lawrence and these kids who are playing freshman quarterback for Alabama or uh, uh, Tua's I guess a sophomore and then yep. Lawrence is a freshman and everybody's saying he's going to be the top overall pick in twenty twenty one. Well, yeah, let, t- let, tank let, for Trevor has already started on Twitter. <laughs> let's just get through two thousand nineteen first, shall we? <laughs> I totally agree, and I thought what Jim said about Ryan Finley was extremely interesting that he was the highest-rated guy at by, at the Combine last year for this upcoming year. And I, I know that last year's quarterback class 
with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and Josh Allen and Josh Rosen and Lamar Jackson. I know that was a very QB-rich class, and I think that the discrepancy between last year's class and this year's class, that, sure, there's a discrepancy, but I, I think Dane Brugler said it best of The Athletic. I think that it's a little over... The, gr- the group right now is undervalued. He believes that there are still a lot of quarterbacks that will go in the first round. And Dwayne I, Haskins going number one overall. I, I think top three. I think top three. I don't know about number one overall. Kyler I, Murray, is he being drafted in the first round, Green? Uh, there's been a lot of steam of this morning about the video. Have you seen this video? Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury said I'd take him number one overall. Yeah, I know. So well, this, he's this got is... the number one overall pick. I don't know if he's controlling the roster there in Arizona just yet, but we'll find out. Yeah, that would and then the that third, would be crazy. Oh, my and God. And another name, the, the guy who, who I really think, and you mentioned Finley, Let's stay in the ACC. You're going to say Daniel yeah, Jones. Yeah, I think he can. I can. I think he can really help himself yeah. with a strong showing at the senior. Absolutely. Ball. And so again, this is. At, I'm so curious what we would have said this time of year last year about the guys that ended up going in the first round and whatnot. Like Marcus Davenport, I don't think was on anybody's radar, at least from a fan perspective. Of course, he was on the radars of the scouts and whatnot, but. You didn't hear a lot about Marcus Davenport. You didn't hear a lot about Will Hernandez. You didn't hear a lot about a lot of these guys up until the Senior Bowl. And then there's always late risers from the Senior Bowl to the combine and then the combine of the draft. And so this is just the start of the process. But The Jets really, took it, Nathan Shepard. Yeah, and he had a great week in the Senior Bowl. Well, early on, and he what, broke his hand he or something. broke his hand, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Early on, he, he really flashed, and that helped his stock, no doubt about it. And he became a third-round pick, and then he ends up starting – uh, most of the year for the green and white. So the Senior Bowl is is a very helpful time of year, especially for teams like Jim said, to just get to know the guys and get to know what kind of people the players that they're scouting are. And, yeah, we'll have to see about my guy Andy Isabella. He yeah. said faster than quick. Holy crap, he said that he ran faster than Denzel yeah. Ward in yeah. high school. And Denzel Ward Was ran a 4-3. Four, four, yeah, a, a, a low 4-3. So is Isabella, like he said, Jim Nagy, a high 4-2 guy? He said, Jim Nagy, if, <laughs> if you didn't catch this, I'm going to bring this up. Because you're going to say, all right, well, Andy Isabella, UMass, Minuteman, all right, well, whatever. The competition's not there. Put up 200-plus yards over on Georgia. Yes, he did. And so Go watch his highlights. They're fun to watch. Yeah, and, and that's the key to the draft. Yeah, you got to hit early, but... What kind of gems are you gonna find in the third, Andre the Dillard. fourth, and the yeah. fifth round? I- I'm curious to see how he plays. And let's see how many draft picks the Jets have once they get to April. Right now, it's at number three overall yep. selection. That's a good place to be sitting at because you have your quarterback, and uh, some teams are probably gonna acquire, uh, depending on how uh, the draft falls. But uh, teams are gonna call up the Jets. Yep. It's gonna happen. And we'll have to see how free agency plays out and things like that. Right now, the Jets don't have any second-round picks. Now, the Indianapolis trade last year was very interesting with the green and white on March 17th because the Colts had their quarterback. They go back from three to six, and they pick up a trio of second-round picks in the process. So is there something similar out there for the Jets in April? We'll see. I think it's very possible, and we shall see. But that's all we have here on the Official Jets Podcast. That was, again, Jim Nagy. Follow him on Twitter at JimNagy underscore SB. And Senior Bowl right around the corner. Maybe we'll speak to you from Mobile.